Long History, Henry Hudson, Journey 3, Part 6, Staten Island and the mouth of the Hudson River, welcomed and attacked. How did New York's famous river the Hudson and Canada's vast Hudson Bay get their names? Here we'll find out about Henry Hudson's four famous journeys from the man himself and from people who took part in the voyages. Hello everyone and welcome to Long History. Here we like to rescue source documents from the vaults and split them up into chunks of 10 minutes or so, so you can listen to history from the horse's mouth. The document we're covering at the moment is Henry Hudson's diverse voyages and northern discoveries, and we're now well into the third journey of four. Hudson's already attempted to find a route to the Far East via the North Pole and via the Northeast, and this time he is headed northwest and is exploring the coastline of North America. Henry Hudson's journeys here are just one of many voyages by famous explorers on long history. We've now serialised documents by many famous names including Magellan, Francis Drake, Sir Walter Raleigh and Columbus. We've also serialised documents about the early exploration of the United States and the Philippines. So feel free to explore. And this is episode 14 of a 25 part series in total. We're coming to the end of the third journey here, but the fourth journey is the most dramatic yet. So please don't forget to subscribe. And it was in the previous episode that Henry Hudson began some of the most famous of all his explorations, heading from the location of today's Massachusetts and passing all the coastal states down to South Carolina before heading back up the coast, presumably wanting to avoid lands that had been visited by the Spanish. And on his way back north, he explored the Delaware and New Jersey areas, particularly the Chesapeake and Delaware River areas. In this episode, he heads up the sandy shores of New Jersey before reaching Sandy Hook at the mouth of the river named after Henry Hudson. And just a footnote to say that at the end of this episode, we will go over some of the places that have been described in this text, in the Staten Island area in particular. So this is Henry Hudson, Journey 3, Part 6, Staten Island and the mouth of the Hudson River, welcomed and attacked. The 9 and 20th. Fair weather, with some thunder and showers, the wind shifting between the south-southwest and the north-northwest. In the morning, we weighed at the break of day and stood toward the northern land, which we found to be all islands to our sight, and great storms from them, and our shoaled three leagues off. For, we coming by them, had but seven, six, five, four, three, and two fathoms and a half, and struck ground with our rudder. We steered off southwest one glass and had five fathoms. Then we steered southeast three glasses. Then we found seven fathoms and steered northeast by east four leagues, and came to twelve and thirteen fathoms. At one of the clock I went to the top masthead and set the land and the body of the islands did bear northwest by north. And at four of the clock, we had gone four leagues east-southeast and northeast by east, and found but seven fathoms. And it was calm, so we anchored. Then I went again to the top masthead, to see how far I could see land about us, and could see no more but the islands. And the southern part of them did bear northwest by west eight leagues off, so we rode till midnight. Then 
The wind came to the north-northwest, so we weighed and set sail. The thirtieth in the morning, between twelve and one, we weighed and stood to the eastward, the wind at north-northwest. We steered away and made our way east-southeast. From our weighing till noon, eleven leagues. Our soundings were eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve and thirteen fathoms till day. Then we came to eighteen, nineteen, twenty and six and twenty fathoms by noon. Then I observed the sun and found the height to be thirty-nine degrees five minutes but saw no land. In the afternoon the wind came to north by west. So we lay close with our foresail and our mainsail and it was little wind until twelve of the clock at midnight. Then we had a gale a little while. Then I sounded, and all the night our soundings were thirty and six and thirty fathoms, and we went little. The one and thirtieth, fair weather and little wind. At six of the clock in the morning we cast about to the northward, the wind being at the northeast, little wind. At noon it fell calm, and I found the height to be eighty-eight degrees thirty-nine minutes. And the streams had deceived us, and our sounding was eight and thirty fathoms. In the afternoon I sounded again, and had but thirty fathoms. So we found that we were heaved to and fro with the streams of the tide, both by our observations and our depths. From noon till four of the clock in the afternoon it was calm. At six of the clock we had a little gale southerly, and it continued all night, sometimes calm and sometimes a gale. We went eight leagues from noon to noon, north by east. The first of September. Fair weather, the wind variable between east and south. We steered away north-northwest. At noon we found our height to be 39 degrees 3 minutes. We had soundings 30, 27, 24 and 22 fathoms as we went to the northward. At 6 of the clock we had 1 and 20 fathoms. And all the third watch till 12 of the clock at midnight we had soundings 1 and 20, 2 and 20, 18, 2 and 20, 1 and 20, 18 and two and twenty fathoms, and went six leagues near hand north-northwest. The second in the morning, close weather, the wind at south in the morning. From twelve until two of the clock, we steered north-northwest, and had sounding one and twenty fathoms. And in running one glass we had but sixteen fathoms, then seventeen, and so shoulder and shoulder, until it came to twelve fathoms. We saw a great fire, but could not see the land. Then we came to ten fathoms, whereupon we brought our tacks aboard and stood to the eastward, east-south-east, four glasses. Then the sun arose, and we steered away north again, and saw the land from the west by north to the northwest by north, all like broken islands, and our soundings were eleven and ten fathoms. Then we luffed in for the shore, and fair by the shore we had seven fathoms. The course along the land we found to be northeast by north. From the land which we had first sight of, 
until we came to a great lake of water, as we could judge it to be, being drowned land, which made it to rise like islands, which was in length ten leagues. The mouth of that land hath many shoals, and the sea breaketh on them, as it cast out of the mouth of it. And from that lake or bay the land lieth north by east, and we had a great stream out of the bay. And from thence our sounding was ten fathoms, two leagues from the land. At five of the clock we anchored, being little wind, and rode in eight fathoms water. The night was fair. This night I found a land to haul the compass eight degrees. For, to the northward variation of us, we saw high hills. For the day before, we found not above two degrees of variation. This is very good land to fall with, and a pleasant land to see. The third, the morning misty, until ten of the clock. Then it cleared, and the wind came to the south-south-east, so we weighed and stood to the northward. The land is very pleasant, and high, and bold to fall with all. At three of the clock in the afternoon, we came to three great rivers. So we stood along, to the northernmost, thinking to have gone into it, but we found it to have a very shoaled bar before it, for we had but ten foot water. Then we cast about to the southward, and found two fathoms, three fathoms, and three and a quarter, till we came to the southern side of them. Then we had five and six fathoms, and anchored. So we sent in our boat to sound, and they found no less water than four, five, six, and seven fathoms, and returned in an hour and a half. So we weighed and went in, and rode in five fathoms, whose ground, and saw many salmons, and mullets, and rays, very great. The height is forty degrees, thirty minutes. The fourth in the morning, as soon as the day was light, we saw that it was good riding farther up. So we sent our boat to sound, and found that it was a very good harbour, and four and five fathoms, two cables length from the shore. Then we weighed and went in with our ship. Then our boat went on land with our net to fish, and caught ten great mullets, of a foot and a half longer piece, and a ray as great as four men could hail into the ship. So we trimmed our boat and rode still all day. At night the wind blew hard at the northwest, and our anchor came home, and we drove on shore, but took no hurt, thanked be God, for the ground is soft sand and ooze. This day the people of the country came aboard of us, seeming very glad of our coming, and brought green tobacco, and gave us of it for knives and beads. They go in deer's skins loose. Well dressed, they have yellow copper. They desire clothes and are very civil. They have great store of maize or Indian wheat, whereof they make good bread. The country is full of great and tall oaks. The fifth in the morning, as soon as the day was light, the wind ceased and the flood came. So we heaved off our ship again into five fathoms of water, and sent our boat to sound the bay, and we found that there was three fathoms hard by the southern shore. 
our men went on land there and saw great store of men, women and children who gave them tobacco at their coming on land. So they went up into the woods and saw great store of very goodly oaks and some currants. For one of them came aboard and brought some dried and gave me some which was sweet and good. This day many of the people came aboard, some in mantles of feathers, and some in skins of diverse sorts of good furs. Some women also came to us with hemp. They had red copper tobacco pipes, and other things of copper they did wear about their necks. At night they went on land again, so we rode very quiet, but durst not trust them. The sixth in the morning was fair weather, and our master sent John Coleman, with four other men in our boat, over to the north side to sound the other river, being four leagues from us. They found, by the way, shoaled water two fathoms. But at the north of the river, eighteen and twenty fathoms, and very good riding for ships. And a narrow river to the westward, between two islands, the lands, they told us, were as pleasant with grass and flowers and goodly trees as ever they had seen, and very sweet smells came from them. So they went in two leagues and saw an open sea and returned. And as they came back, they were set upon by two canoes, the one having twelve, the other fourteen men. The night came on, and it began to rain, so that their match went out and they had one man slain in the fight, which was an Englishman named John Coleman, with an arrow shot into his throat, and two more hurt. It grew so dark that they could not find the ship that night, but laboured to and fro on their oars. They had so great a stream that their grapnel would not hold them. In all three of Hudson's journeys until now, there's been very little drama. And then suddenly, at the end of this episode, a man is killed by the local people. It perhaps helps us to fill in the details here. Although there is no mention of tension in the text, there are little comments, such as when the text says about the people they meet, that they durst not trust them. And now, at the end of this episode, there's an attack that really provokes more questions than it answers, such as why did this attack take place? Why were the local people friendlier up until this point and then suddenly attack this smaller boat? And really the questions just go on and on right until the point where we question whether this anecdote is actually true in any way. Especially when we see what the men on Henry Hudson's ships are capable of later on in the next journey. Now as promised, here are the locations mentioned in the text. Here's the first quotation. Then the sun arose and we steered away north again and saw the land from the west by north to the northwest by north, all like broken islands. And according to a footnote in the text, this is referring to Sandy Hook at the mouth of the Hudson River. There's a quotation here, The land is very pleasant and high, and bold to fall with all. This is said in another footnote, to be a sighting of Staten Island. Here's another quotation, Then our boat went on land with our net to fish, and caught ten great mullets, of a foot and a half longer piece, and a ray as great as four men could hail into the ship. And again it says in a footnote in the text that this could have been Coney Island, according to tradition, but the text itself seems to doubt this. 
because none of the features of Coney Island itself are actually described here. There's another quotation. Our men went on land there and saw great store of men, women and children who gave them tobacco at their coming on land. So it says in the footnote, and I'll quote directly here because I'm not sure of the locations myself, that this is according to the American historians in Monmouth County, New Jersey. That is to say, either on the mainland or New Jersey or somewhere near Richmond on Staten Island. We should not even presume on this vague assertion. And that's the end of the quotation. And from the text about this voyage, another quotation. The sixth in the morning was fair weather and our master sent John Coleman with four other men in our boat over to the north side to sound the other river being four leagues from us. And it's suggested that this will be some point in the Narrows. And then the final quotation. And a narrow river to the westward between two islands. And it's said that these hills will have been seen between Staten Island and Bergen Neck on Manhattan. And I think the text itself makes very clear that these are all proposed and we can't really know for sure where they went. So thank you everyone for listening to this episode. Please do give it a like before you move on. In the next episode, Henry Hudson and his men are going to go up the Hudson River itself. So again, some of the most historic moments in Henry Hudson's voyage. So don't forget to subscribe to be informed when that episode's released. And if you can't wait till then, don't forget there's lots to explore on long history including the early exploration of the United States by Hernando de Soto and Cabeza de Vaca. This was Henry Hudson, Journey 3, Part 6, Staten Island and the mouth of the Hudson River. Welcomed and attacked. Goodbye.